combat medals, citations. Only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last 40 years. Yet you can't get a promotion, you won't retire. Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. You should be at least a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are. Captain. What is that? That was a long time ago. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. It's a movie 36 years in the making, and some are calling it the Citizen Kane of action movies. But is Top Gun Maverick worth the hype and the wait? That's what we're here to discuss. I am Brian Gill, joined as always by my illustrious co-host, Nate, my wingman, Kent Garrison and Richard Barton. Boys, how we doing today? Answer, yes. End of episode. <laughs> See you guys next week. We get to yes. weekly recommends. Some are saying, just a hint, I am some. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Spoiler alert, worth the hype. <laughs> but we're doing doing great. It's it's Top Gun week again, boys. Feels good. Uh what a what a great way to spend two weeks of movie podcasting after the the rough oh, man, two dude, years that, that we've had. Preach two it, straight preach weeks it. of top gunning. I this is what it's all about. Actually, it's it, we should probably quit. This is the this is the peak of of the show. It's all downhill. It might from be. Yeah. yeah, it might be the peak of of blockbusters. I don't know. Uh, summer blockbusters. I mean, Brian. I, I don't know. You know, you're in the hosting chair, obviously tonight, but the. The fact that this thing was the highest grossing, I guess, Memorial Day weekend in 15 years, that's the thing that blew my mind the most. Not that it made $100 million, not that it's kind of Tom Cruise's highest grossing day, uh, you know, opening weekend or whatever. The fact that another movie hasn't beaten on Memorial Day in 15 years with all the the superhero and, and movies out, the fast movies what have you, I, I would have thought there would have been another one that had that kind of weekend on Memorial Day, but wow, that, that blew my mind. What a great, I mean, totally, yes. The I'm looking at this this from the numbers right now. It says $124 million three-day weekend. It's going to be $27 million on Monday, maybe come in a little higher. $151 million by the end of the long weekend. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. What's that, the third one? Is that the third one of that yeah, series? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it that was the previous record, hundred and fourteen and hundred and forty ish million uh, for a four day weekend for Memorial Day weekend, and now here we sit with Top Gun Maverick. What a time, boys! What is this? I is are we? Is it cool enough for us? Can we take a victory lap here? I feel like this is a this is a a mad about movies. We're certainly not the only people in the world who appreciate the movies of Tom Cruise, but. I feel like we've been uh, we've been maybe leading the charge just a little bit, just a little bit. I'm not saying like full victory lab, but maybe maybe we just we we we're leading the parade, if you will. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe man, fam might have to check the receipts on that one. Go back thirteen, <laughs> uh, 2013, and uh, see uh, if we were talking cruise back then. I think we were. You know, I think we've been anticipating and hoping for this moment, and it feels good. Yeah, it feels good. 
I want you to comment on this, Richard, specifically, because because you are one of your big tenets is uh, is trust movie stars, and uh, there aren't very many movie stars left. Tom Cruise certainly is one of them. So please, Richard, take the wheel. You took the mummy uh, in the movie draft previously. That's because what I was going to say. Cruise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alone. So I'm not a full victory lap. I'm head down, kind of lunch pail. <laughs> you know, no, I'm not throwing my bat. I'm just kind of like I expected this. You know, struck out last at bat. And just sort of slowly working my way around the diamond, but it's not a, it's not a uh, Nick Castellanos uh, <laughs> sort of swag. It's more of just a okay, we're back on track now. Well, look, we we talked the original Top Gun last week in the main feed, so we don't need to recap our uh, our thoughts and feelings on on that original film. Um, we all really dig it. This. This movie, as we said last week, this movie was supposed to come out like a month after the pandemic started, two months anyway. This was one of the first casualties of of COVID nineteen, as far as the uh, you know uh, uh, pop culture stuff goes. Um, and and then it, it's been rescheduled over and over and over again. We have been, I will not say patiently waiting. I've not been very patient about this whatsoever. I've been very frustrated about not being able to see this movie. Um, but it, but it all kind of came to fruition over this weekend. So I think I was the last one of the three to see this. I ended up having to wait until Sunday night. It was one of those where I said to my wife last weekend, Hey, do you want to see this movie? Cause I like a couple of my friends, we want to go see the movie. I, you know, I obviously have to see it for the, for the podcast. Is this, is this one you want to see? And I was kind of hoping she was just going to say, no, I don't really care. Because then I could have seen it like Tuesday night at that opening. I would have said, I'm not recording, guys. I got to go see Top Gun Maverick. Um, but instead, I had to wait for Sunday night. Um, and it was it was kind of torture knowing that this movie is out there. And I'm just sitting like, cool, well, Celtics, <laughs> all right. And just kind of biding my time until uh, until I can go see this thing on, on Saturday night. But uh, finally got to it, and uh, I I could not have been more... Could not have been more thrilled with the finished product. Um, Kent, I want to start with you. Give me your just kind of general thoughts and uh, and and maybe if you have anything interesting from your screening or whatnot. Uh, let's let's get into this thing. Yeah, I was really excited about this one too. I got a first thing Saturday, first first moment of the weekend, and and uh, and went and saw it, and really enjoyed the the screening. It wasn't too crowded. There was a a chatty couple next to me that I had to. Kind of, you know, do the old side cough thing, you know, <laughs> where it's like, <clears throat> it's like not a full shush, but it's like a, yeah. hey, somebody's sitting next to you kind of a thing. But that was fine. I got through that. It was awesome seeing this one in a in a theater to have the full subwoofer big screen experience for this, mm. because I really do feel like you want kind of a VR <laughs> experience with these, it, it, if whatever that is, I you know, however replicable that, that can be. I always think about going to the Omni theater in Fort Worth, Brian, growing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, there was like a flyover little demo for that. And there was also a ride at six flags called the right stuff. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where you would sit in like moving chairs and it was, it would put you through like going mock, uh, speed or whatever, but it had that immersive big screen, big sound jet engine quality. So, you know, you want that with this one. So not surprised 
people are like, you know, if I'm going to see Top Gun, I probably need to see it in a theater. And I appreciated that about going to see it. But mm-hmm. I mean, my God, the amount of trailers before this thing was un- unheard of. The the chatty couple <laughs> next to me, the guy was literally like, are you kidding me? And every time another trailer would show, <laughs> it was like 14. I, I looked yeah. at my, so, you know, I went to like an 11 a.m. It was 11, like 45 before the movie started. <laughs> Like 11 a.m. was on the ticket. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is like a 45 minute previews, ads, all the kind of, you know, just crazy. Quick interjection. It, it is funny because it's not like we haven't had movies, you know, since, since pandemic, we had, we had the Batman, we had Dr. Strange, we had plenty of good solid movies last year, Spider-Man, all that stuff. Um, I don't know what exactly it is about this movie, but I had tons of people in my real life who were like, this is the first movie I've seen in two years or whatever. Like they're going all out to go see this movie. I had multiple people can't say, mm-hmm. say the same thing to me. We're like, it, the movie was supposed to start at eight and then it didn't start until eight forty or whatever. It's like, is this normal? Like, yeah, it's pretty normal. Like that's how it is these days. You just plan for 30 minutes on, on the, 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 tra- the trailers and whatnot. But yeah. there was three uh, AMC ads. They had to get, <laughs> Had to get they, 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 more nuts they play the an AMC ad before yeah. the Nicole Kidman AMC Gosh, ad, like back yeah, to back. Yeah. And like, what are we doing? Also, We're already in like, the AMC. Exactly. You don't see McDonald's ads when you're in freaking McDonald's and not throwing you commercials in your face. Like, dude, I'm already here. I'm eating the burger. You got okay? me. You yeah, <laughs> you got me. I'm hooked. Right. So, uh, so yeah, that, it was great. So, I'm I'm kind of frustrated through the trailers, Brian. I'm like, just get to the movie already, man. Mm-hmm. And the movie starts and. <laughs> That music starts, and they start showing the aircraft carriers and the sunsets, and I'm like, oh, here we go. And then they go straight into Kenny Loggins. And I'm like, okay, this is how I know this movie is going to be great, and it's going to get it, because they didn't do a remake of Danger Zone. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. they didn't get 21 pilots to to redo (laughs) it and throw it on the beginning and be like, this is... The rebooted Top Gun. I hope you like it. We're going to do three more of these, and they're going to be... That's when I felt like... Yeah, I felt like that in The Lion King. I'm like, okay, we already got a good song. Why can't we just do that again? (laughs) Reuse that. Everyone Mm -hmm. likes that. Why do we have to redo it? (laughs) Um, So, man, I loved that at the beginning, and it it started me off on a really, really strong note, Brian. I got a lot of notes on this one, but... Yeah. um, Obviously... Obviously, my only complaint is that it wasn't seven hours long. It was too short at two yes. two hours. The, the rare, the rare too short movie here at Mad right. Movies. Richard, what about you? Give me your uh, general thoughts and and all that good stuff. Yeah, I saw it Sunday morning ish. Um, didn't have a lot of trailers at mine, but I saw it in IMAX. So I think mm. maybe sometimes that's an abbreviated pre-show. Oh, probably, yeah. Um, so I had like two trailers, and then that was off. It was awesome in IMAX. Made me sick the entire time. Loved it. Um, I love jets, big jet guy. So I was, I was in. Not only do I love cruise, I love jets. Love the original Top Gun. Uh, love all of it. So yeah, pretty good crowd. Best crowd I've had in a theater behavior behaviorally since COVID. So that was a win. Nice. Tom Cruise brought the brought the adults out, <laughs> and not the olds. Right. Um, but it was yeah, it was a very very. Yeah, Ken, to your point, you you do feel like you're okay. I'm in good hands, just vibe wise, pretty mm-hmm. quickly in that, and then mm-hmm. it can you know, it's a really 2022 blockbuster. Like it really just delivers 
you know, on so many things that you want very overtly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that was fine. You know, for someone that's been watching streaming movies for years, with a few exceptions, it was kind of fun to just, we're all here for the same thing. There's a gentleman's agreement. Okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. Sure. Did you guys get the Tom Cruise thank you ad before the movie started? Yes. Okay. I did too. I figured that was universal to this because Tom Cruise is the head of Paramount Studios. You know, he can do whatever he wants. Um, Brian, the guy has, <laughs> I mean, he has gone through it all, but you got to admit, man, when he pops up on that screen, starts talking, like there's something about it. Like, you're like, okay, Tom, I'm in. No matter I mean, what you've done here before, I'm in right now in this moment. You're absolutely, you're absolutely correct. It, it is, it, it's, it's sort of this, this ineffable characteristic or, or personality mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, um, I said, Richard and I watched the soccer game, uh, together this weekend, uh, a football match, if you will. And, um, and we were, we were just talking about, um, how the, it's it's just this it's this thing that he had. Or I was talking about Troy Aikman. How I'm not I'm not a Cowboys fan. I never was a Cowboys fan. I don't really even like. I don't even care about football all that much. But if Troy Aikman walked into a room, I would be like, "Holy cow! It's freaking Troy Aikman!" Like I'd just be kind of blown away by this guy. And I don't really feel like I'm that way with with celebrities most of the. Tom Cruise just coming on screen, and I know for some people he's kind of unsettling. I think that probably has more to do with getting up on a couch on Oprah and just you know his religion or, or whatever else, but he, he pops up on the screen and you're just like, this is a freaking movie star. Just immediately, you just immediately like, gosh, I trust this guy, or at least this guy, this guy's going to trust and entertain me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, they pop that up. And then just like you guys said, it, it cuts directly to these very overtly homage scenes of, of the aircraft carrier and the jet and all this and the music, the score is incredible. And uh, Lindsay's sitting next to me, and the, I mean, the movie had been going for maybe twenty seconds, and I was, I was just like, really, honestly, I think I was actually physically pumping my fist. I was just like, this is so good. This is, I am so into this <laughs> right off the bat. And she's just like, chill out, my gosh, like you're embarrassing. But uh, yeah, I was like, this is an A plus. This is an immediate A plus. I love this already uh, so much. And uh, and then we just we just went from there. So. Um, opening scene, he's, he's got this, he's got this stealth jet. He's got to get it up to Mach 10. Ed Harris is coming in to shut him down. Uh, for me was kind of the, the perfect reintroduction to, to Pete Maverick Mitchell. Um, and you kind of get the, the feeling of like the very MacGruber vibe of like, this has just been his whole career is just, just kind of flouting his his attitude and and not caring what the brass says and all that yeah and I, I loved it so can't what did you think about the opening sequence yeah i i loved that that sequence where he has to prove his worth by getting up to mock and you yeah i mean this movie and top gun in general the first one it, it plays on so many just typical movie tropes mm-hmm. but not oh, in oh, a yeah. cheesy way like like the these movies are the reasons for those tropes. And so to have the trope of, you know, constantly cutting back to the the counter as you're like, is he gonna get there? You know, doing that multiple times in the movie, it's like it just works, you mm-hmm. know? And if done correctly, that stuff can work and not be cheesy. And so I love that to start it out. Um we get Admiral Kane, Brian, and I agree with you. <laughs> it was cool to see Ed Harris there. Yeah. And it was 
Sad for me, though, that it wasn't James Tolkien, because I thought that would have been a cool callback if it was his original guy that just that sent him to Top Gun, uh-huh. uh, sending him back to Top I know James Tolkien is 90 years old right now or whatever it is, but I think what they did was Ed Harris was like, all right, if, you, if I do this, I'll let you borrow my control room for the entire production <laughs> and you can just shoot in my control yeah. room and they're like yeah. oh well, that's gonna I'll save give you us. a deal i'll give you a deal on the that's gonna save room. us yeah. like you know yeah <laughs> tens of millions of dollars in rental Absolutely. from the from the navy right <laughs> he's like trust me mine's nicer yeah <laughs> it's more state-of-the-art they so that was my any, only any of like, the little um, buttons and things i have and i didn't even think about it so after the fact though brian is like oh it would have been cool if there was like maybe one or two We'll get there, obviously, but uh, maybe one or two more people from the original Top Gun in the movie. Yeah. And like small cam, small parts. Or sure, something. sure. Yeah. Maybe we could have got Tim Robbins in there or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That could have been fair. Um, I did. I dug the sequence. I thought it was a lot of fun. And then, and then it leads directly to getting reamed out by Ed Harris and then brought into, uh, brought back to Top Gun to meet with, uh, to meet with. <laughs> With Bo Cyclone Simpson. Gosh, what a name for John Hamm. Perfect name for John Hamm, Richard. Uh, but the MacGruber vibes, I think, even extended even further when you get to that scene. And he's oh, just absolutely. like, I don't want you. That kind of thing. Absolutely, they do. I think, I think you're exactly right. It's it's a pretty overt, you know, satire on the top. And not not overt. I mean, they, they literally say it. But, like, just the fact that this is 2022 and they say in the movie, you know, pilots will be obsolete in mm-hmm. however many mm-hmm. years uh, when it comes to warfare and drones and things like that. And just keeping people away f- from things if they can, why not do that? Sure. And so I think there's an even greater emphasis on the human quality that the pilots bring in this version of Top Gun versus the first time around. I totally agree. I, I, we we all raved about Top Gun last week. There, it is that movie is very much uh, a product of of nineteen eighty six, and there's some great things about that. There's probably some lesser things about that. Um, it's not a <laughs> you would not call Top Gun a character piece. I think I think that's fair to say. It's it's very much not, and this isn't either. Uh, you know, I knew like Alan Sepinwall was kind of complaining about the the paper thin characters of everybody outside of of Maverick, basically. Uh, um, I disagree with that. I but, I, yeah. I I understood what he was saying. He presented it in a better way than I just did. But it, you know, I I got what he was saying. Everyone is there, kind of, to serve like the character development of, of Maverick. This is and, Maverick, and one yeah, it's another. Maverick's story again. But it's his, yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. It was like, it's his movie, dude. Like, that's, yeah. that's kind of what we want. Um, but I did think that uh, all of these, these maybe not all of them, but Rooster, Hangman, um, Cyclone, some of these people, I, I, I felt like there was, there was a little bit more uh, of, a, of a character actually at work there. There were a little bit, at least a little bit thicker characters than, than most of what you get in Top Gun, uh, the original, which is, which is not. There's not a lot of character. There's not a lot of character building there. Um, there was at least there was at least some here. Um, the the bar sequence. Uh, I'll throw to you on this one, Richard. I I thought uh, introducing Jennifer Connelly is always a great idea. Um, as Penny as this long lost love, and 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 then to have the to have all of these characters, all these pilots come into the bar. Um, 
three minutes after they put all their profiles up on the wall. So you, you, you know who they are now here they come. And it's sort of, I thought that was a kind of a smart way to do like the character introduction montage without stopping down for one of Kent's hated like file scenes or something like that. I was waiting for a file scene. Uh, there's another, uh, one of my, uh, one of my patented, uh, Kent Garrison moments in, in this movie that we'll get to, but there was no file scene. And I thought, I agree with you, Brian. I thought that was a great way to introduce them, but go ahead, Richard. Yeah, no, it's, that's like, um, very by the book, but kind of cl- in a way is, is sort of like 2022 of this movie could be a, a very classic way to, to introduce, you know, almost like an old, uh, TCM movie or something. Right. Like it, here's the guy, you know, here's everyone we didn't know. And it, it reminded really me of an old, if it ain't, if it ain't broke. It reminded, mm-hmm. yeah, it reminded me of old times where, you know, like a. I keep going back to this in my mind, Brian. I may be crazy, but Tom Cruise reminds me of like Steve McQueen, basically who he's become. Sure. <laughs> you know, he's like this yeah, guy mm-hmm. is going to do whatever to entertain us. He's going to drive motorcycles. He's going to be an action star, love here, whatever um, he can do. And this remind that scene reminds me of an old of old Stephen Queen movies like in a bar where you get everybody kind of uh, loose a little bit and they kind of show their mm-hmm. true personalities uh, sure. to an extent and you get introduced to the hangman aka Iceman in the in the movie mm-hmm. that way mm-hmm. uh, I liked that um, but Brian what did you think about the piano like just straight going forward doing great balls of fire in the in the bar I thought it was great because of the way they did it I thought um, yeah, if same. you I, look, I expected, I expected that that was, that something like that was going to happen um, at some point in the movie, but but I, I'm not sure that I expect that. That was the 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 first scene where you kind of get a sense of like, oh, this actually is going to have some sentiment to it that isn't just wasn't Top Gun great, isn't nostalgia awesome? Like, there's going to be a little bit of of an emotional pull for this beyond just flying jets is super cool because it is flying jets is super cool. You know, you could just do that if you wanted to, but to have him instead of a raucous party scene, uh, 45 or, or, or 50 minutes into the movie, instead having it be like this somber moment for him, 15, 20 minutes in instead. I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was really smart. I thought it was a really smart play. I kind of thought that great bottles of fire, if it was in this movie was going to be, like where the football scene is almost yeah. like that kind of thing is, yeah. is what I'm talking about. And oh, instead, like, yeah, maybe a, yeah. yeah, just on a montage or something. Yeah. Like but in, instead they, they play it into like, oh, okay, so this is like, we are going to go there. We are going to let this be, um, this is a very like testosterone kind of vibe that we've got in a lot of ways, but we are going to let it be sentimental and, and have some, some meaning to it as well. So I love that. I thought it was really cool. And it is goose's kid. So it's not like it's just some rando walking up at yeah. the bar. It starts yeah. playing great ball. So it's like maybe uh, I don't know if he was born in the first movie. What did he ever say? He was. was he? He's he sitting was. on the piano in the first movie. He's okay. like two he's or three a little years old. like a yeah. little kid, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you know, he obviously heard you know that song growing up in his house and stuff. So there is kind of a legit reason for it to be that song, uh, other than just the, the nostalgia factor of it being in the first movie. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the way they did it, and that, that's kind of with all these things, you know, how many reboots and remakes have we seen in the history of the show? We'd have to count them up. A hundred? Tons. Yeah, tons and 200? tons. 200? <laughs> tons and tons. Yeah. Like, 
And I would say out of 100, 95 of them do it wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's just the most obvious. Um, we're only doing this, you know, for me, Jurassic World is the one that comes to mind the most where it's you're just showing stuff from the first movie, literally, <laughs> because yeah. it's from the first movie. And that's your only nostalgia factor. And and there's just so there's there's no real sensitivity to the original movie or respect, I feel like, when you do it that mm-hmm. way. And this one just had the first movie at its heart the entire time. And Brian, I was blown away how good this script was, to be quite honest a, with you. It's a really good script. It's it, really tight. Super tight. It's it's a smarter script than you than you would have to do, I think. Um you know, I mean, I know I say this a bunch, but but there's a I love when a movie is uh, is better than it needs to be. Like we say, well, it's, it's so much smarter than it has any right to be or something like that. I just I think that I think that this movie would have been successful, very successful one way or the other. I think there's enough nostalgia for the original. I think that uh, Tom Cruise still holds some some movie star sway. I think that this is very clearly it's very easily communicated to um, the the audience, the mass audience, that this is a movie that's worth going to the theater, that you want to be in the theater for. Um, I think it would have done really well. I do think that, I, and so I don't know what the percentage is, but even if it's a 15% bump because of word of mouth, because uh, the Rotten Tomato score was so good, because people who were seeing it on Tuesday were telling people, on the weekend, this movie freaking rules. You really got to see it. I cannot tell you how many Facebook posts I saw about this movie yeah. from people. And I'm not, I don't even get on Facebook. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's just like constant. And I really think a lot of that comes down to, we can make this movie, we can make this movie fun and make it like a B plus without really getting out of bed. We can do that very easily. Or we could go for it and try to make it an A plus movie Try to make it smarter than it than than it necessarily has to be. Try to get the cast right. Try to you know do all these things the right way, and really go for it. And and I think that's what they did. I mean, you know, maybe I'm biased. I'm, maybe there's someone out there who's like, this movie was not very good, or it wasn't smart enough, or whatever else. But like, I thought it did a all of the. I guess what I'm trying to say is like all these things that if you're like writing down on a on a, like a scoreboard, like okay main actor story uh script the action the way it looks all these sorts of things it's like here's the threshold for what we're going for almost in every spot it like soars over that and i would the last one i would have expected on that richard is the script and instead i thought the script was really smart and fun for for this kind of movie exactly as smart as it needs to be and really well like you can tell like not like you know well written like a you know a great oscar winning screenplay but like really Mm -hmm. well workshopped in a yeah. good way, not overly, you know, we all hate the, the, uh, the sort of specter of notes hanging over any creative, creative mm-hmm. endeavor, but sometimes mm-hmm. like really smart people that know how to make movies like Cruz, like, um, mm-hmm. I think that's, like, I think that's, like, yeah, I think that's the ultimate is that I think Cruz knows a good script from a bad script now and can say, yeah. okay, this needs work versus this is ready to go. I think, I think maybe he's learned his lesson at this point, hopefully what, the Mission Impossible movies lead me to believe that. Like all of those scripts are really tight, and Christopher mm-hmm. Mac- McQuarrie did did touch this script a little bit mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. He's one of the writers, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I think it's the tastemakers at hand here. Richard, you're right. Bruckheimer as well. That kind of know no knew where to draw the line on certain things. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly, absolutely. 
Um, let's get into the the actual sequences. So, so it's he takes the job because he he doesn't really have any choices. He's going to teach these kids. He's going to teach these kids how to fly and how how to do this mission that's that's impossible to to pull off. Um, Arby, you you said you love jets, you love dog fights, you love this kind of thing. Uh, how did the the that it is a training montage for lack of a better term, but goodness, it's a fun one, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they they the the fun thing about this is they and they did this in the original as well. Like the way they're able to manufacture stakes, you mm-hmm. know, in these in these kind of training exercises and things like that, and and really take your breath away. Just be, also the nature of the of the machines themselves. There's 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 always stakes when you put your body put in one of these, in there. Yeah. these things mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it's 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 it it's super fun. I mean, you feel, I mean, I don't, I, you guys, I, I highly recommend it. If you're going to see it again, get yourself to an IMAX. Cause that, mm. that stuff was just jaw dropping. Yeah. I'm with you, uh, Richard. What I liked about this, Brian, and the, the mm-hmm. setup of this is you're right. This is exactly how Top Gun goes. The first half of the movie, if not first two thirds of the movie are training, but in this one, there's actual stakes. They're training for an actual mission in this one. Sure. For, like, we sure. know we're going to war at the end of this, and mm-hmm. here's the mission. And we have to train for this exact, you know, map, basically. And I liked that because that's kind of always hanging over the, the third one. It's like, what is all this for until the very end? And and they have to kind of intercept some, mm-hmm. some planes. Sure. And so I, I liked the stakes of, okay, we know in two hours, like, we're going to see an actual them actually pull this off and how is it going to do? And so you're in your mind, you're kind of recording all the the course in your head and where people are failing and where the vulnerabilities are. I really enjoyed that as a narrative device to build tension throughout the movie is them having to constantly go, come back to this course. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, they can't do this. Then the entire mission's off and there's no, like no one's even shooting at them at this point. So yeah, I loved that. I thought that um I thought it was I thought it was very well structured on that front. The very I mean we we've we've touched on it already, but it's very obvious like we are we are touching on so many themes from the original movie. We're paying homage to it. We're and in some stretches we're just doing a remake of of those things. Um and I thought again, I thought they did it very well. I thought it was very smart to in the within the first ten minutes set up the ending is gonna be different on this because there is like you said, we can't there there is a goal here. It's not This is the Kent Garrison patented scene is the pointer sequence. Where yeah, totally, there and they, totally. he's literally you know, here's yeah. the mission. Yeah. Uh, that that's yeah. fine. And those are can be terrible or they can be awesome. And this one was a perfect use of that uh, for exposition. That's exactly right. It it that's one of those things that a pointer scene is is something where it it can go it can it can go terribly. You can fall back on it way know? too much. Yeah, absolutely. Or you can fall into the trap that I I think a lot of movies have maybe more recently is like recognizing that that is an issue, and so the then the trap becomes what if we over explain? <laughs> you know, what if we spend. 10 minutes explaining what this is right. instead, of instead of a just minute spinning you know, or 30 seconds, seconds doing a pointer. Yeah, exactly. Cause they and don't want to be cliche. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I thought this was, I thought this was just right. 
it gives you enough of a difference between the two movies to where it doesn't necessarily just feel like this is just this is just a remake. Um, and it gives you an endpoint of like this is what we're looking for. It's not just I have no problems with the stakes of of the original Top Gun. I I I read a couple of reviews this weekend that were like kind of trashing the original, which is fine. It's eighties. It's 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 cheesy, and I saw the Rotten Tomato score and all that sort of stuff. But like, there are some people who are like it did, that movie that has no substance to it because the whole thing is just a competition to decide who is the best pilot. And I'm like, right. Like a sport. That's the movie. Like, yeah. That's what, the, that's what, we, what the movie is. Yeah. Complaint? You're right. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Got it. Um, but I did think it was smart to kind of change the game here a little bit. Uh, even if the players are the same and let there be, uh, some, some sort of in game that we're going to from the beginning. And then I thought it was really kind of brilliant to have them keep failing at it. I thought it was a, I, I, yes, it it added to the stakes. It it, it added to the tension a little bit that we'll, we'll, in the that last that third act we'll get to here in a minute. It definitely added to the tension for me, but it was it was just interesting seeing them these. I mean, they're the best of the best. These hot shots, and they're going up in a, against an old man, but also they're going up against this course that he set out in front of them, and they can't do it. And it, well, we messed up on the first phase, but we're still moving on to the second phase. And yeah, man, the second phase didn't work, but we're still heading into the third phase and i thought that was fun. that was really i'm i'm not saying that that's like the most unique thing that's ever been done in an action movie but it was it was surprisingly um it felt surprisingly organic to me like it felt like yeah this is an impo- basically impossible thing that they've that they've set out here and they're kind of not backing off of that it was it was a little surprising to me i guess man i thought the the choice to say okay the mission the the jets have to f- to approach at under a hundred feet, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you get these incredible shots from the ground of these jets flying through these va- mountain valleys. Right? It's not like every backdrop of the movie is not the sky behind mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I thought the choice to have it through this kind of cavernous, um, you know, valley was really. Awesome. I would like to know, and I didn't do research on this. I should have. I, I apologize, Brian. But like, how realistic the mission is compared to like an actual mission that these types of guys would go on. Sure. I have no idea. Um, I. I mean, I, I. We can we can sit here and talk all day about the um, the links to which the production went to 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 film this and make it look real because it. It kind of is and all that. I have no right. idea. Were they actually is- going nine G's when they showed nine <laughs> yeah. G's and you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. I, I would be interested to know that and uh, how realistic it all. I don't care because it was awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I would like to know, you know, if, if anyone's ever done a mission like that in real life, uh, I think that would be interesting. But I mean, the, the camera work on the planes, Brian, the mounting yeah. of the cameras on these jets was was phenomenal. I mean, they operate all the actors operated that themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they had to do all they that had to go shooting. up there. Yeah. They had to go up there for it's incredible. They said they were up there for 20 minutes and they didn't know if yeah. they got it. And they'd come down and look at the footage and go back up and do it again. And that's gotta be, gotta be amazing to yeah. Uh, yeah. be flying a jet for a movie, like on a real jet and um, not just sitting in a, green screen mm-hmm. and remember your lines pod somewhere right yeah, yeah. And remember your lines and not puke everywhere can't believe we um, haven't touched on this yet brian but i thought the casting was great and yeah you know the even miles awesome. teller couldn't mess up mm-hmm. this movie he was totally awesome right. as yeah. 
as Rooster. I thought he looked the part. I didn't think Miles Teller looked at all like Anthony Edwards, but dyes <laughs> dyes mustache blonde and yeah, uh, put a Hawaiian shirt on him, and I was pretty convinced that he could be Meg Ryan and and Goose's kid, and that that was awesome. But I want to shout out to um, the actor that played Bob, um, <laughs> yeah, the Cub yeah. from the Spectacular. Now he he was awesome. <laughs> Didn't even know it was the cup until yeah. the, the closing yeah. credits. Had no idea that Bill totally Pullman transformative. Is the Cubs dad, yeah, he crazy. spilled yeah, a little bit up in the air. Again. If you watch it, I <laughs> might again just been an IMAX thing, but if, mm-hmm. when you go back and rewatch it at home or whatever, you can see he spills a little bit in oh. the air. Yeah, yeah, just a little it's, bit. I mean, nothing yeah, understand. He's a pro, understandable. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. a little, little drip. Yeah, I, I will, I will confess to being. Uh, if there was anything that was that was leaving me a little apprehensive on this, it was it was the Miles Teller factor. Um, but then I, I kind of had to, rem- but before the movie going in, just kind of had to remind myself that guy was freaking great in Whiplash, and he's been yep. okay in other things too. It's 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 not ne- he's not necessarily going to uh, he's not going to tank this thing. And and lo and behold, not only did he not tank, he was very good. He's very good in that role. Yeah. Um. And and they they did. I think the the. I think Joseph Kaczynski, the director, I think the the screenwriter, I think everybody did a really good job of uh, of not overexposing anybody, including Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is not the greatest actor in the world. We know that. I mean, he's yeah. the greatest actor in the world, but he's not the greatest actor in the world. Right. Uh, but they did a good job of not uh, not putting them in. A, excuse me. They did a good job of putting them in a position to succeed. And I think Miles Teller maybe was like the 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 poster child for that. Richard. No, absolutely, absolutely. He. Yeah, he's kind of uh to to coin a term Affleckian in that he mm. he sort of rises and falls to the quality of work that's around him. We should that's remember that point. going forward. He he's not a ruiner of good movies, but he can mm-hmm. be pretty bad in a bad movie. That's a that's a great point. He's not gonna that's elevate a, a bad movie at all. That's yeah, sure. exactly. He can't save a bad movie. He's either. not gonna rise above material on the page, yeah. but you put him with sure. Damien Chazelle and Damien right. Chazelle is gonna give you Damien Chazelle. <laughs> I I think that's right. And I think the choice of this not being like Rooster's movie where, where Rooster's the new Maverick and he has, he has to prove himself against Hangman and Tom Cruise Mm -hmm. is more the, um, Admiral character kind of behind the scenes and calling the shots. The fact that Tom Cruise is still the main focus, I think really benefits Teller that he can just kind of literally come in and save the day, uh, whenever needed. So yeah, no, I totally agree. I think I I would enjoy this movie if it was Top Gun: The New Class. I think um, right. I don't know that I would like it as much as I did if it is fully just a handoff movie or just kind of like you said, Kent. You know, if he's if Cruise is if if you take the John Hamm character out and you make Tom Cruise that character, just kind of mm-hmm. beef up the role. I enjoy this movie quite a bit. I'm sure. Um, I don't. I don't like it nearly as much as the I. The problem with that, I do, though, I think, is that the the John Hamm character's job is is to enforce the rules for sure. Maverick yeah. didn't play by the rules, baby. Right. That's right. That's right. So that would have felt totally disingenuous to, I guess, the yeah. core of of Maverick. Even though that's what I expected this to be. To be honest with you, I mm-hmm. expected it to be that exact. It was this to be a handoff movie to Miles Teller as the new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe that. Maybe it is. Maybe they do another one of these and. Cruz is less involved as the main as the main character, but well, to be fair, to Tom 
Tom Cruise only has, what do we think, 40, 50 more years left <laughs> yeah. of like a top yeah. flight movie star. Mm-hmm. So sure. no pun intended. Yeah. So before he retires. on the yeah. yeah. So I think maybe they keep, I mean, if these keep making money, I think six, seven more of these with him as mm-hmm. the lead and then maybe, yeah. maybe it's late eighties kind of start <laughs> the transition. You know, like they say, this is going to be the last of oh, the Mission Impossibles. Just wait till the Mission Impossible reboot. You know, reboot it again with Cruise. What are we doing? <laughs> it's like, who can we get for this? Oh, Tom Cruise would be awesome. They could do. They could do the um, the Grindelwald thing where they get <laughs> some young actor to do it for the whole first movie, and then he rips off his mask. By that end. time, the way de aging will be just flawless. Cruise will be like, oh yeah, let's do a prequel to the first one where I'm young. <laughs> By the way, in honor of Cruise, I'm doing this entire podcast on a treadmill. Nice. Oh, yeah. nice. Just full yeah. sprint. Did you see the, the <laughs> shot in the Mission Impossible trailer? Respiratory shape is impressive. I saw the Mission Impossible trailer before this um, yeah. movie. The shot of Cruz running in that trailer is <laughs> all-timer, incredible. man. It's incredible. Can't wait for those. Um, we got two more of those, too. What a time. Yeah. Wait. yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. Great great, great use of that trailer, too, dropping it in right before this. I, I was uh, Good I was teaser. Very primed. Wasn't, yeah, it was wasn't... Primed. Primed. Uh, yeah. Wasn't I don't need another spoiler. one. Don't, yeah, need, don't another need another one. one. Just yeah, let it be perfect that. Perfect teaser. Yeah. Yeah. The guy, the guy, they're all grizzled. Yeah, I want grizzled uh, Simon, uh, whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Simon very Pegg. Good. Very good. Um, before we, I want to talk about, uh, obviously, I want to talk about Iceman and I want to talk about the ending, but uh, we, we, we touched on Miles Teller. Glenn Powell, it, movie star? Movie star? He got a little Maybe. movie star to him, I think. Yeah. Maybe. It's hard to tell in these because they're so cinematic, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. definitely want to see him branch out a bit more. But yeah, definitely wasn't this for sure. He popped off the screen. The thing that he has to me is he, I've seen him in a handful of things and I've seen him off the air too. He is a, he's a very likable person and he can do likable very, very well. Um, but he can all like his face also has, he has a little bit of villain face to him as well. I saw, I saw Joel in the discord say this and he's absolutely right. He's a gorgeous looking guy, but also he like, he does the, the, the smarmy smug thing so, so well. So I feel like there's some, just from a, an appearance and disposition standpoint, um, there's a, there's a wide range of roles that he can take. And that, and that doesn't even factor in like the acting. Cause I think he's a very good actor too. Um, I loved him in this. I thought he was kind of the, he was the perfect uh, step in for for Iceman. He he, he even kind of has like a little bit of of the Val Kilmer from this time this that time period look to him, which was which was cool. I thought. Yeah, I I agree. Um, we'll see what he does, man. Maybe he maybe he has a cruise type career or a Kilmer type career, and those are very yeah. different types of careers. So we'll see. <laughs> Which sure. uh, which direction sure. he takes, but you guys, you don't know how t- hard it was for me not to text you about about Val. Yeah, let's like, get into like it. Like to just let's walk out the of the theater and be yeah. like, Val, Val, <laughs> because God, I'm I'm telling you, did not Probably. expect it. I mean, I I expected Iceman to you know make an appearance, cameo, flashback, whatever. Right. Did not expect the way they did this to have Val in his current state. And for that to be, you know, translated into the character was just so perfect. And the sequence was so perfect to have him typing Mm -hmm. there 
and then, you know, have him only say one thing, which is it's time to let go was, oh, heartbreaking, perfect. And I, I, I couldn't get over how well they went about that. Got yeah. Arby, you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, I love Val. So it was like extra, you know, with the, the way they played in his illness and everything into the character. It was double, double whammy. Yeah. Didn't ex- expect to be hit in the feels during a Top Gun movie, but it got me. It was effective. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I might have been just on an adrenaline crash after, <laughs> you know, flying around in jets for the last 40 minutes. So who knows? But yeah, it worked for me. Yeah, I was, uh, that was maybe the thing that I was most interested in going into this, um, or at least, you know, intrigued by, uh, was like, how are we going to use that? I know he's going to be in the movie somehow. Uh, you know, even in the trailer, you get a little shot of, it says it in the opening credits. It says, and Val Kilmer. So you're like, okay, he's, and I just, I just didn't have a clue of like what that was going to be. Um, and I thought they did a great, I mean, thankfully, good gracious. Thank you. Thank you to all of the, uh, everyone who was in charge of making this trailer for keeping him out of it. Um, cause it was, it was a, it was, it was quite a surprise the way that he popped up. Um, and using, like you said, RB using his illness as, as part of, of his character here. Um, it was very, man, it was very affecting. Um, it was fun too. Like it was a nice little, it was a, it was an adrenaline stop down. It was not an emotional stop down. Obviously, like you said, Richard, you come from this like super yeah. amped up high, and now it's like cool. Now, punch in the face. Yeah. Uh, but but it was it was a nice uh, stop down from from a from a narrative standpoint. But it was funny too, like letting Val be kind of be funny and just like his 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 facial expressions and mannerisms and stuff were great. And I I also I. I thought that's some of Tom Cruise's best acting like of his yeah. whole career. Like just sitting there across the desk from from his friend um it 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 worked for me on every level. I th- I thought it was a it was a very affecting sequence with him and and definitely uh got the got the tears going for me a bit. It was perfect, but then the next scene was the uh football beach scene. I was like, "Oh, that's a that's a jarring transition." <laughs> yeah. Sure. And I, it's so funny that they were still playing in jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are they in jeans? Homage, man. Gotta I stay with it. <laughs> if, if it was good enough for those guys, it's good enough for us. You know, we're playing football this time around, though. Yeah. Gotta, you know, change it up. <laughs> I liked though. Like, why are you doing this? They literally say that. Say that. He's like, <laughs> you told me to. Told me you wanted a team. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was a nice mm-hmm. little line to justify that. Sure. Yeah, it was very cool. I, I I thought it was a fun. Again, it's just another spot where I thought they did they did very well. Of of, uh, hey, remember Top Gun? It was awesome without it being the Chris Farley bit in film form. So I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, and there's an element right. too of I think the fact that Maverick has gone through this before. Of like, mm-hmm. uh, I know what worked for me before. Let's try that again with these guys. So sure, yeah. maybe kind of trying to show him the ropes a little bit. And that was, he remembers that and how he bonded mm-hmm. with his friends doing that. And like, Hey, you know, I want to bond with these guys. Let's go down to the beach and, mm-hmm. and just take our shirts off and bond, you know, like <laughs> like bros do who among us. Yes. Um, okay. The sequence where, uh, once John Hamm has taken over, sorry, excuse me, Admiral Cyclone, uh, has taken over the class. He's kicked Maverick out. 
and uh and here comes Maverick to set this record for 215. Loved it. That was like big time pump my fist. This is why I came to this movie kind of stuff. I thought it was an incredible sequence. RB, what'd you think about this? I'd say again, I'm pardon me, I had to step away for a second. The worst. The the scene where Maverick just hops in the jet. He's going to show these young kids how to oh, yeah. do this mission. And then they're just totally in on him immediately and like flock to him like the God that he is. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, and that's so like, you know, especially when you know that like, uh, I mean, just being relatively aware that Cruz did a lot of the flight training for these actors yeah. himself and stuff. So <laughs> there's like a lot of, uh, art imitating life there. Sure. Uh, so cool. Yeah. Watching Tom Cruise in a jet is just, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, it's the positive side of of the method acting stuff. It's a, right. It's a great. Movie. I know it's funny. Like I'd love to see this thing of method actors, you know, talking about how they lived as whatever for three months. He's like, I got seven pilot licenses. Yeah, and these different types of equipment. I saw a, an interview with Glenn Powell, uh, who said it was just a clip. It was a TikTok. Let's be real. It was a TikTok, and. Uh, but he talked about when when production was over, they each Tom Cruise gifted each of them a an iPad, and it was preloaded with the class to get like the next level of of their pilot's license done. Like, oh wow, here's your here's your gift for me. It's it's five thousand dollars worth of uh, worth of flying lessons, so you can you can get this done, which is really funny. I nice. love this guy. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. Can't, what'd you think of that sequence where he, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to galvanize the whole group and get them all together. Oh yeah. I, I, I loved that. I loved him going by himself. Like, who is it? It's Maverick. <laughs> Dang it. And then he, like Maverick. Yeah. Maverick, turn around right now. No, I'm going to do it. You know, like that <laughs> stuff is right out of, you know, what you would expect. But I mean, the execution, is great. I loved that he picked Go- or Rooster as his wingman, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got Hangman coming in to save the day uh, kind of towards the end. I thought what was great was the uh, birds. Like they hit a they hit a f- flock of birds. Mm-hmm. Like that sure. that is a real thing that pilots yeah. deal with often. Like they mm-hmm. can just mm-hmm. crash because a freaking bird hits the engine and Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I what I was surprised though, Ryan, about it is what I expected in this moment, and I think uh, maybe the audience probably did too, is somebody to die. Is for another goose moment to happen. Here, this was my take. I, especially once they had the bird sequence and the crash there, it was, to what I took from it was, we are putting all the stakes on that final sequence that's coming up. Because you know that this is happening. It is the opposite of, of the original Top Gun where you... You know, it's it it's it's a I mean, literally, it is a surprise. It's hey, by the way, you got to ship out because we we have a thing we got to deal with right now. Um, this knowing where we're where we're headed the whole time, um, and we go through all of this together. I I thought that that was because I'm with you. Can't like for a while there was. I'm not sure if it lasted all the way through the training, but for a while I was kind of expecting somebody's gonna we're gonna have to somebody's gonna die because we're gonna follow the path. I, and instead you get to me, it was like, okay, so everything is real. Like they are upping the stakes for that last, that last mission, um, more so and really putting everything on that. And, and I, so I dug that. I thought it was, I thought it was good. Yeah. Was and smart. Tom Cruise's character Maverick is still dealing with the loss of goose. So that's mm-hmm. still, yeah. Yeah. 
You don't need to. You don't need to do that again and have somebody else mm-hmm. have to deal yeah. through that because. He's and the still first going movie sets up the stakes that it can happen, so right. you, it, the tension's right. already there. Totally agree. Yeah. The whole time they're up. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that yeah. would have been one step too far in the direction of remake if if yeah. you would have had, I don't know, whoever, uh, uh, Coyote or Fanboy or somebody die as a result of a training exercise. I think, I think they needed to. To hold out as long as they did to make that last uh, that last sequence just as incredible as it as it can be. Um, so we're there. Let's talk about it. Uh, Kent, you first. What what I will tell you that's as tense as I have been in a theater while also enjoying the movie in a long time. Like oh that yeah, whole it's last it's as twenty tense minutes at, is wolf. You yeah, and you know they're gonna succeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no way this is they're not going to, but it doesn't make it any less tense. I. I absolutely loved that, and I loved the moment where like Goose loses the tracking computer and he has to use the Force like Luke Skywalker to shoot <laughs> the target like just straight out of Star Wars. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. this that was cool. Um, man, that was an incredible sequence. I, I can't I can't say enough good things about like not overtly going to CG all the time and mm-hmm. doing stuff yeah. that's that's crazy. The the Star Fox move of Maverick to to pull like the the one a you know the three sixty flip like when somebody's following you and then you basically hit the bottom C button on Star Fox and flip back <laughs> around behind them you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. uh, to, to see that in real life on this screen is is pretty amazing and like he saved that move for the dog fight at the end I love that um, but yeah to shoot all this in camera and Brian one of my complaints in our VIP uh, preview pod we did on Top Gun last week was you never really have a sense of direction in the first mm, movie sure, because they just couldn't do a lot of stuff um, shooting wise. You, you great way of keeping the audience grounded in, in the logistics of the mission this time around. Like you fully grasp where the planes are in relation to each other, mm-hmm. who's following who, which plane is the, which, and uh, that that's a difficult task. I got, I mean, the, you know, Joseph Kaczynski, both of his previous big movie efforts have left me wanting, but both of them looked impeccable. Um, Tron Legacy and, uh, and Oblivion both. I thought they looked really good. I haven't seen Oblivion since theaters. Maybe that's, maybe I'm off on that, but, uh, but I remember walking out and being like, man, that movie didn't really, I mean, it was fine, but it looked really good. And, and I think, I think he has an eye for, for, the visual of, of making a movie. He's an architect, um, right? I mean, he's like very mathematical he, in the way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yes. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Um, I mean, no, he like, he literally is a professor. Oh, okay. Of architecture. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. No, it's like his um, other thing that he does. So he, okay. Uh, well, still great. Production point. design uh, of in oblivion was, <laughs> yeah. Was awesome, like he does man. a lot yeah. of stuff. The with light like sequences three. in that movie were sweet too. Yeah. He does yeah. a lot of stuff with like 3d modeling and things okay. like that. So it makes sense. Yeah. You know, well, this was kind of the, the, I mean, this was to me was like the, like everything coming to fruition kind of movie. Yeah. I mean, it looked incredible, Richard, down, down the stretch of, of those, that last, uh, I mean, it's, I, I say that last quote unquote, but it's like a 20 minute scene yeah. and it all looked fantastic. Through the I was thinking, cause he's got another movie coming out in like a couple of weeks on Netflix, but like he's yeah. someone that, um, like I love that when he's, he's a filmmaker that's probably grounded better in, I think only the brave was, was another one they did. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think he should stay away from sci-fi jets okay. are cool. Sure. Like me, you know what I mean? He has such a yeah. cool 
visual sense. And I think that can get lost in sci-fi and maybe, um, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe when you ground it in something like fighter jets that are real, which by the way, good job humans. We always talk about all these spaceships and stuff. Fighter jets are pretty cool. Yeah, man. They're not interplanetary, but they're pretty BA when they're flying around. It's like, yeah, these are real. You (laughs) kind of forget because you're so used to seeing Star Wars and stuff and Marvel. And you're like, oh, wait, these are, we did this for real. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like he uh, could be helped by grounding. Joint reserve base Mm -hmm. over here. They're flying around all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, multiple times a day, you you look up and see an F-16 or whatever. Or mm-hmm. a B two bomber flying over. It's like, <laughs> man, it's awesome to see these like for real in action and be able to kind of see what these guys go through. Um, yeah, because you really don't get that um, experience, that personal experience, a lot with it. So we're so detached from what happens in the military. It feels like, and so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you really you you can't sympathize or empathize with with uh, the training and just the absolute gauntlet that they put themselves through. Uh, sure to do that no absolutely um having it come to fruition through that last sequence is great too like great scenery um staying under 100 feet so it's you know these jets are are backed up by by a you know a a river and a and a snowy uh trees and everything i mean like looks so cool it looks so good the great contrast on that and just seeing them like just rip through these corners to fast and turn and everything was is woof. it was it was a it was an incredible experience um i liked i i i i will say that if the the only time in this movie where i did feel like i had a all right are you in or are you out kind of choice moment was the ending of uh and of course we're fully into spoilers just in case but uh but the ending of I'm going to sacrifice myself for you. Now you're going to sacrifice yourself for me. Mm-hmm. Now we're best buddies here. Um, I'm fully in, but I could get it if you were like, hey, that was a, that was a little too far on on the cheese factor or the trope factor for me. But but I personally was like, yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm good to go. But I don't yeah. know. Either, did that affect either of you guys? Well, I, I expected somebody to die in this movie like i said so uh-huh. i'm like I, I thought there was a good chance that maverick could die yeah, sacrifice himself at the end and this was tom cruise's just swan song for the series mm-hmm. and doing these kinds of stunts you know maybe he st- starts working with david o russell or something you know next i don't know <laughs> but yeah i mean i totally totally crossed my mind and so i didn't really have a problem with it because i thought somebody was going to do that uh at some okay. point yeah no, I, the the first sacrifice I'm in on, I the and I, and I would ultimately again I'm in on on the second as well. It just if you were like, man, that was a little too far. Uh, I could understand it because you get it does feel very tropey um, in that in that moment uh, to just kind of like <laughs> you know I'm the one who it was a little bit like uh, Avengers Endgame with uh, with Hawkeye and and Black Widow, um, but but almost funny in a way. But right. I, anyway, I thought the sequence was great. And like having the, the, uh, the ground to air missiles flying at them and the, cha- I, the chafing is so cool on, on a jet plane. I think it's one of the cooler parts of, of a dogfight is, is, uh, trying to evade the missile and trying to make them, or the rocket or whatever, and trying to make them blow up. So it's so cool looking. When they were um, like, tell me when you see smoke in the air. That yeah. Thing was, that, that too. Ooh. Also, that's another like great part of this. The, 
the way that this is shot to to have um Bob and Fanboy like to see them like actively whipping around trying to see where the missiles are coming from and it just added to that that realism in that cockpit a little bit and that I mean I th- I felt like that came across on the screen really really well. Uh but yeah, the whole sequence was was really fun and uh and well done. Looked great, incredible. Um RB how did the did the F fourteen thing catch you by surprise? Because I I confess I had forgotten that that was a thing that they talked about when they're laying out this mission. So when they go into the hangar, like, oh, there's an F fourteen. They steal I was, the plane. Yeah, yeah. That it was fully kinda, it it totally worked for me. I don't know, yeah. but but maybe I'm uh, I'm an idiot. I, I didn't see it coming either. No, I mean again, I'm I'm staring at the screen with my mouth agape, just looked like a <laughs> five year old just being like jets. So my IQ was about seven. Sure. So. Sure. They could have pulled anything on me, I think. I probably I would have fallen for I a didn't see it coming. Trip. I didn't see it coming despite the fact that they laid it out in the pointer sequence. Yeah. At, yeah. at the beginning, I should have seen it, but to it me, works, it was like, you a, know, a it's great... just like, okay, another jet yeah. sequence. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. To me, it was like a great stand up comic, like of bringing it back around at the end of the, of the show or the end of the set or whatever. You're like, ah, I see what you did there. That's, that's how I, that's how I felt. What I, I, I liked the fact that it did call back to star Wars again. It's like, let's just dress as stormtroopers and hope yeah. they don't see us kind of thing. And for sure, them having yeah. to like wave at the other planes as they fly by. And then they realize they're mm-hmm. being followed. Mm-hmm. I would love to have that yeah. played out. Yeah. And I thought too, honestly, it was a, it was a great, cause if this is the last top gun movie, or if it's the last Top Gun movie that we see with that really is is cruise forward as Maverick as the leader of as jet pilot Maverick, not just Admiral Maverick or or whatever else. Um, I I thought it was a really great send off to be like, we've spent this whole movie telling you that it's it's less about the plane and more about the pilot, <laughs> and and obviously I mean Rooster even reminds him of that when they're in that last sequence, but. We spend the whole movie kind of preaching that, and now you've put this forty-year-old technology up against this brand new, th- all this sort of stuff, and it really is going to put him to the test of how good of a pilot are you? Mm-hmm. I I loved it. I thought that was so cool and and a fun. Just to me, it was just kind of like the perfect cherry on top of the sundae to send this whole movie off. Yeah, Absolutely. it doesn't give somebody be like. Well, the Americans have superior technology to the uh, mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. planes, and so it would have been an easy uh, escape. You know, yeah, it, it does up the stakes a lot, and that's a great point. It's perfect send off, and they like uh, find those F 16s more than the F 35s or the the Raptors. Like, mm, so I think it's sure. more of a throw. Mm-hmm. Even I mean, there's a reason they're still. They're like what F sixteen was like seventy six or something. And like when it, it's still in commission, yeah, right. <laughs> so right. such a cool aircraft. I mean, it's not stealth, but it's yeah, like it's just awesome. so effective. You know, yeah. yeah. The um, <laughs> I think it's just honestly, I think it's just like badass. Like it's like our, sure. our government's sure. just like blaming yeah. off. And I know it's cheaper than the, the like. I think those F. Sorry, bogged down, but like those F thirty fives are like a hundred million each or something. It's great. They're yeah, like four yeah. times the amount because right. of all the stealth right. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the F-14 came in in 1970, and the 16 is like, first flight is 74, is what I'm seeing. So, yeah, but they're cool, man. They look really cool. (laughs) I enjoyed, too, I enjoyed Rooster trying to figure out what in the heck do I do in this seat with all of these switches and dials and everything when you know it's so much different in in today's planes. Um, There's 95 switches. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I liked that. Good, I like that too. Brian, what did you think about the ending of uh, them literally riding off into the sunset in his little side plane with Lady Gaga playing? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Like at that point, it's just there. There's no. I don't know what they could have done to make me be like, actually, I'm not as into this as I once was. <laughs> like, it's just this movie was so perfect. I was. I was fully in the bag at that point. It could have been anything. I thought the romance between him and Conley, it certainly was more, it felt more uh, organic and, and real than it did with like Kelly McGillis um, in the first one. I thought it was a fun bit and, and kind of like let him, let that character show a little bit of maturity in the face of a lot of this movie, him not being very mature. And uh, I, I thought that was, that was fun. That was smart. But I mean, really, after he does the the flyby at the the aircraft courier, uh, once he comes back, I mean, come on, like we're I'm just this is this has hit all the notes at that point. It can do anything, and I'm I'd be fine with it. But yeah, I was, was there a Buzz the Tower sequence in this movie at all? Just a brief one, just that, just at the end there when he rolls around yeah. back to the aircraft carrier, and you get you get John uh, John Hamm kind of rolling his eyes, like of course this mm-hmm. guy, you know, yeah, but yeah, super fun way to end it too, just having him have to crash it onto the. When when they're flying out and he he clips that building and knocks off the the landing gear, oh, crash it uh, onto the aircraft yeah. carrier. Oh, that my was, friend. Ooh. Yeah, when when he clips it, getting off the runway, my friend Matt was sitting next to me and he goes, "Oh, that's going to come in later." And I'm like, "Yup, it sure is." Like you know, they're going to have to end up crashing this thing at the end of it, and it's going to be awesome. So. The shot of Cruz in the jet <laughs> on just, like in the last scene. Uh, sure. I mean, in the last sequence, yeah. the third act of him just in the jet and it taking off the aircraft carrier and like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, where it just drops him into the air after he mm-hmm, leaves mm-hmm. the runway is such a sick shot. Oh my God. I bet they just couldn't believe that that shot came out the way it did. For of, sure. Uh, that thing yeah. going from zero to however many hundred so quickly. I mean, mm-hmm, the way that was mm-hmm. whole, all storyboarded out and everything was, was fantastic. I thought the, they took their time with this one, Brian. You can tell they didn't just throw this bad boy together. And I think that uh, that um, what is what I appreciate the most is that they did, this doesn't feel like a okay. We got the rights to Top Gun. Well, let's just announce next year and we'll start uh, in three months. That kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like it really felt yes. like okay, if we're yes. gonna do this, let's make sure it's good, guys. Okay, mm-hmm. like it's not yeah. it's not Independence Day res- resurrection or whatever it is. Right. Right. Yes. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And and. You know, look, A, we appreciate that. Obviously, Resurgence, every movie my to bad. be an A plus. Um, it doesn't matter. No one no one remembers that movie as a thing. So uh but but also it really does I think a movie like this I don't know, Richard, let's wrap it up here. Cause like I don't know I don't know what this is what kind of factor this is gonna have on on theaters. We talk about the theater business all the time. Um this is not a superhero movie uh, unless you consider Tom Cruise a superhero, but uh, yeah, but it is a bit of, it's going, it is likely going to be kind of an outlier when we look back at the end of the year. But I do think that there are some, there are some lessons to be learned in how to make a movie that is successful critically and financially moving forward without Spider-Man or Batman or Wonder Woman or 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 whoever else. And and one of them, the big takeaway for me more than anything else is just kind of what we've been saying this whole time is just it behooves you 
as a company to spend the extra time and maybe a little bit of extra money to try to make the movie as good as it can be rather than just toss it out and say, well, it's fine. It'll probably make pretty good money. Like, um, I, I appreciate the attention to detail and craft on this that, that I think could have been missed in a lot of other hands, but I don't know, Arby, do you feel like this has any bearing on the future of movies and theaters or is it just, Hey, every two or two times a year or three times a year, you're going to get kind of lucky with one of these, but otherwise it's just superhero time. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily superhero time, but I would put this, it's just in the existing property time. I don't mm-hmm. know if this had done this, if okay. this was Top Gun one, you know, we had no mm-hmm. history with this and had done that. I'd be a little more encouraged mm-hmm. and going, okay, well we mm-hmm. just need to easier said than done, but we need to find five more mm-hmm. Tom Cruises and movie theaters can just kind of, you know, male and female versions and we can, we can space these out and, but I, I just think I don't think it's a, I, I do think this is the exact same thing as a superhero movie where like people know this. Sure. Okay. They know what to expect. And I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. No, I'm just saying no. that's the my one comparison my I would inclination. Make, I would make a to this is Mad Max Fury Road. Where you have yeah. this yeah. long awaited sequel mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. um really exceeded expectations and kind of has a nostalgia factor, but is also kind of bringing something new to the table. Yeah. So to me, that's the comparison I kept making for the weekend. I think it came out around the same around the same time too. Yeah, I don't know what kind of effect it's going to have. To me, it's going to like Hollywood's going to look hard at properties from the mid to late 1980s that they can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll learn the I wrong. Think they, whatever the lesson is, they'll learn the wrong one. Right. They're gonna right. they're gonna say, okay, that demographic is super into nostalgia from growing up. So what else can we tap into from that time period? You know, what other, you know, could we do a Back to the Future with Michael J. Fox at this point? Mm-hmm. You know, like sure. something like that. Um, I would people like to like see the him, practical effects, too. I think people, there is yes. some CGI fatigue. I think people, yeah, are, I think at least in my conversations that like agree. people were. Totally agree with you. I yeah. think but, um, I would love to see a Blue Angels movie, you know, like just give me another Jets movie that's not <laughs> Top Gun, like movie with with jets i'd be i'd be into yeah we have really really good filming jets technology now let's just do this for a while until we're all tired of it yeah yeah i think that would be cool uh do you think they're gonna make a sequel to this Um, i would think so right i mean something million dollars i mean it could still end up i mean yeah we'll see what it what its legs are I mean, I know it costs a lot of money to sit on it for a couple of years. That's not the movie's fault. Um, I would mm-hmm. think so. I mean, I, if Cruz is up for it and they can bring the brain chest, the produ- producers and everything around it, I would I would think they would. If you got this uh, this Band of Brothers series coming out about yeah. planes too, I mean, that, that could make increase the demand for that, that type mm. of content. I would sure. love to see a movie. I mean, I'm sure it's going to happen on this uh, – this Ukrainian fighter that shot down 40 Russian yeah. jets. The ghost of Kiev. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. give me Top Gun 3, ghost of Kiev. Uh, <laughs> just about that. I mean, yeah. good grief. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you guys. I think if we've learned anything about Hollywood, it's that Hollywood typically learns the wrong lessons uh, from from everything, if it's possible. Um, but I do think that there's something to practical is fun practical looks good uh jets look cool <laughs> you know cars look cool i mean i i said to my my dad loved this movie and i said one of the things i said to him was like like if you know 
of course it's better than the original because the original didn't have fast and furious to build from, you know, they didn't, they didn't have the model of like, how can we do this as fun and, and wild as possible? Uh, this one, I think more, you know, the difference being it is trying to do everything as realistically as is possible for this kind of movie. You know I mean? It's nothing is truly realistic, but this know, is a, a uh, paramount production. Shout out to Batman Shane. Yeah. They also yeah. made Jerry Bruckheimer too, producer. Also made Days of Thunder with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Do we get mm-hmm. Days of Thunder 2 with sure. with Cole Trickle coming back? He's like, I had enough of these ragtag kids trying to drive this car. Gotta take matters in my own hands. And yeah. he like drives an F1 at age 55 and something like that. I, I'd be in for that. How can we yeah. replicate this experience without doing this again you know is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. sure yeah so we're out of we're out of mission impossible movies now mm-hmm. uh, apparently we're, you know we're out of top gun movies for crews now what, what what more can he do to what more buildings can he jump off of or whatever sure. like um yeah i don't know are we going to be left with superhero mummy type movies for him when it comes to blockbusters i don't know mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i i, I we Talked a little bit about it last week, but the the next phase of Cruise is going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he, I don't know if he sort of uh, shifts into a little more character work, or if he goes into like Liam Neeson territory, or or if he's just going to keep trying to create the biggest blockbuster that he can and whatever property he can get his hands on. I you know I don't I don't know. I mean I I think there's. I certainly think that this movie proves that he's he's still got he's still got his fastball when it comes to to this kind of thing. So maybe he, maybe he's like I'm not. I mean, we joked Richard about the, his retirement, but or his you know how many how many more years he has left. But maybe he's like, bro, I'm fine. Like I can keep doing this for a long time. Yeah, it, it, it's I'm it, good. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could see him seeking out another franchise too. You know, it's always going to be Cruz getting you know. You can figure that. I didn't quite look at that creature, but you keep trying that. Sure. Do you think they would, knowing, I, like, I, getting him into the... I, I would I, love for him I to just, be, take I, on, like, a villain role in the MCU. I think it would be really cool. I, Iron Man. I again. have to imagine that... He'd be great Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, Iron I Man. just... I have to imagine that, that, that Cruz in that system probably doesn't... And maybe he has to have total creative control. Like I feel yeah, like I mean, that, every Tom thing, Cruise you know, movie just, nowadays should just be uh, in parentheses directed by Tom Cruise also, because I feel like well, he, he is, is the director. Of so he and Sandler are like that. Yeah. Yeah. For real. I mean, he, he is, I mean, I joked about him being the head of Paramount, but he, you know, this, this is kind of the thing you, you, when you make it, when you're in the Tom Cruise business, you're, you're really committing to Tom Cruise's way of doing things or, or at least to Tom's not happy with this yet. So we're going to keep throwing Mm -hmm. money into it. We're going to keep trying to work it. Um, and that, that can get old. And I mean, I think that the success speaks for itself, but, but you know who, I don't know that, that the, I don't know that both parties work in that, that scenario. If you stick him into the MCU at this point, if he would have been the original Iron Man or if he would have come in as, I don't know, uh, Captain America or something like that. That maybe is a little bit different. It works a little bit differently, but, but to, to have him come in 28 movies in, I, 
I wonder if they, there have been meetings and both parties have just kind of walked away saying, man, love to work with him. I'm just not sure it would, it would work out the way that we, we would want it to. Um, I think if he was going to do it, can't kind of to your point, it would, it would almost have to be a Christian Bale situation where he, he pops in for as the villain in a movie, or maybe you could have him like, there's a world in which he is moon Knight, And it's like this, it's a, it's a, almost a side part of, of the MCU that we can kind of let it be its own thing to some degree and then work things in later. If that makes sense. And, but, yeah. Maybe anyway. he pops up in a movie at some point. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Okay, let's grade this out. Uh, this is an A-plus for me. I love this. I will watch this 100 million times. Um, if we get to the end of the year and this is my number one movie of the year, I will I will be quite happy with that. I, I, I love, I love, love, love this. It was everything that I everything that I wanted it to be. Richard, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to give it an A-plus as well. Can't wait to see it again. Had a blast. Awesome. Yeah. Great score, too, by the way. Smart to, to keep using the score from, from the original Top Gun. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Kent, what about you? A plus for me as well. Boom. Great, great Boom. two weeks in a row with this and uh, Chip and Dale, which was uh, yeah, also uh, very strong. That's true. It's been been good, man. Feels good right now. Feels good to be doing a movie podcast. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how Jurassic Park helps us out with that or not uh, in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, all right, good. Three A pluses from us. Big time fun. Loved this movie. Can't recommend it enough. Before we get out of here, let's do a quick weekly recommends. Weekly recommends. All right, I'm going to start us off. Uh, I've watched three episodes of the new Stranger Things, and I super love it. So that's my recommend. Stranger Things season four. Rebinge the whole thing going into this, Kent. I know, I don't, Arby, you're not in on this, right? Can, am I remembering yeah, that? Yeah, no, correctly? I don't do that. Okay. Yeah. I thought that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kent and I have done episodes on the the previous three seasons, I believe, uh, but it's been it's been three years, Kent, since we've mm-hmm. had since we've had Stranger Things. I didn't remember. I remember a lot from the first season because I've watched it a couple of times. Couldn't remember. It was less what happened in season two and three, and more like what part happened in two versus happened in three. And there were a few things that I couldn't. So I've had a little time on my hands. I rebinged the whole thing um, over the last couple of weeks leading right into season four and it was a lot of fun uh but these first three three episodes that i've seen i've got four more and then there's two more that coming out in july i believe uh it is definitely shifting to the darkest of dark tones that this show has ever done but i'm but i'm really enjoying it it's it's been very very good so far very creepy uh but still really fun and affecting and uh and i'm digging my trip back to uh to hawkins can't have you started this yet <laughs> I have. I, I watched the first two with uh, with my wife Zoe over the over the weekend. Mm. She was really excited about wanting to watch it. Um, man, I keep waiting, Brian, for mm. like a season to come along. It's like, all right, yep, that was it. Uh, the kids are past their Stranger Things times, <laughs> and now we're just mm-hmm. doing it because it's gonna be popular. But I mean, mm-hmm. then the first episode, you're like, no, this still works. These the way yeah. they kind of transform the story every season to adapt. To how the kids have aged is is great. Gaddon mm-hmm, sure. Matarazzo is literally genetically engineered to be in this show. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just so perfect. And uh, you know the ancillary characters of Joe Keery and yeah. Nat- Natalia Dyer and Maya Hawk. I think they have uh, 
aged gracefully uh, throughout the series, and and it's been great to see. But I mean, I'm with you, Brian. I said in the Discord. I mean, they this is like a straight up R movie. Like it. I sure. had to text my sister. I was like, don't let your kids just go watch the new Stranger yeah. Things because this is yeah. terrifying. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I was shocked at how scary this thing was. In the, just the first two episodes, I mean, yeah. it was yeah. um, really disturbing. Like, extremely yeah, it, disturbing. It, 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 it was. My uh, my buddy Tobin, um, his son is 13, and uh, he, his his son had texted him and his wife, and like, hey, don't don't start Stranger Things without me. I want to watch it. And he was kind of mad. Tobin was. He was mad. I was like, man, I got to wait for this kid. Uh, and then he watched the first one and he said, he said after the first one was over, over his son Jude was like, maybe you guys should just watch this without yeah. me and then tell yeah. me how, <laughs> how it is. And I was like, okay, that's funny. Uh, he he kind of, Tobin was laughing. He's like, he got knocked down a, a peg. I wonder if Netflix is taking a lot of crap for it. You think? I think they've, like, here, here's my thought. Cause I know I, I dogged hard on like, Doctor Strange for for accelerating all this. I think that this is I think that this is the natural place that this this show is going at this point. The kids are getting older. The stakes were already really high, you know, and and uh so it, to me it felt like it 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 sort of naturally has has uh has progressed on that point, but yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I think you and I probably do an episode on this after those last two come out in in July, so we can we can kill it there and and save the rest for uh, for eventual review. But yeah, I'm I'm I was pleased that it, it it came back and it was kind of a return to form and the show that I've really enjoyed over the years, and uh, so it was it's been fun. So I, I dig it. And it got they Kate Bush uh, to number one on the charts. Uh, I know, I know, it's crazy. The, the millennials discovering yeah. Kate Bush is. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, been great. That's good. That's good. All right, uh, Kent, what's your recommend this week? Uh, yeah, I'm going to recommend uh, the Bo Burnham new special oh, nice. uh, slash nice. uh, B roll stuff that he put together on his YouTube. It's it's great to see him put it on YouTube. Uh, you know, he's one of those OG YouTubers uh, that I kind of remember. Yeah, from back like in the that day, and, the, that and uh, Lazy Sunday were yeah, the first the, things the I ever saw of the world and stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean it. He, he did is, the song Welcome to YouTube, I remember years ago. Right. I mean, I, I remember back when we were doing band stuff and like discovering YouTube and putting videos of seeing all his stuff and, and loving it on the, in the MySpace days. But it's really cool that he did this and did it in his own time, didn't sell it to Netflix, didn't monetize this thing at all on YouTube, and uses it as an opportunity to poke fun at all of that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the monetization, the, the, the jokes on the so ads funny. are just incredible. I might have laughed harder in this thing than I did in Inside, which Inside is is a work of genius. But this, I didn't think he had an, an more material on the table. But it's an hour long, funny from start to finish. He remixes a bunch of the songs, has a few songs that didn't make the original special. But um, yeah, it's basically like Inside Two, if if that makes sense. But um, really fun. Nice. Yeah. Great. I'm I'm definitely gonna check that out over the week. Um I saw I saw one or two clips and I was like, this is it's incredible. Inside is incredible. So if it's better than that, my goodness. Okay, good stuff. Good recommend. I don't know uh, if it's Arby, better, but I laughed way harder. I think okay. there's more That's jokes. Fair. Okay. Sweet. Arby, what about you? What's your weekly recommend? Yeah, I'm doing that uh The World According to uh George Carlin documentary on, oh, on nice. HBO. The Judd that- one? Yeah. 
the Judd one. Like all things Judd, it's like an hour too long. It's two parts. <laughs> Probably could have been a tighter one part, but it, the the stuff and the footage they have is really cool. And the interviews with like basically every comedian ever um, is pretty cool. And uh, a lot of the early, nice. I, the, especially the first half has a lot of the really cool early almost, you know, all the Fort Worth radio stuff and things they did, mm. a lot of clips from that and things like that. So yeah, was, I, I really, really enjoyed it. It's very like, uh, it's not, not, un- I mean, Judd does these pretty well. It's not unlike the, uh, Shandling one he did a few years back okay. in terms of the way it kind of mm. stretches the genre a bit. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Nice. I loved the Shandling one. I haven't had time to do, uh, to do this one yet, but it's definitely on the list. So good. Good recommends, boys. Well, this has been fun. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to this Top Gun Maverick episode. What a blast this movie was. Uh, and like I mentioned, we we did review Top Gun, the original Top Gun, last week. We usually do that type of movie, what we call throwbacks. Uh, we usually do those on our VIP feed, but we gave you a little preview of that good, good, sweet VIP life last week on the main feed. Uh, so go back and listen to that. A lot of people, I think, are watching Top Gun for the first time this week on Netflix. Um, so so stick around, listen to that that episode we did last week on that. And if you like that, you need to sign up for the VIP. It's it's about a buck a month, a buck a week. Excuse me. You get a throwback every week. You get access to our exclusive Discord. You get all kinds of other fun bonuses. Uh, and uh, you can do that at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. The VIP this week, excuse me, the VIP episode this week is going to be uh, Jurassic Park, The Lost World. Talk about that. We've got a Con Air episode. We've got uh, Minority Report coming out. We've got all kinds of fun stuff that we're doing in that feed. Next week's main feed is going to be Alex Garland's Men, and we'll be joined by a special guest. Can't wait to hear what you guys think about that one as well. And then Jurassic Park, no, Jurassic World What's it? Dominion? I don't even know. It's just, just Jurassic logo. Park logo. That's all I know. It's just Jurassic I've seen Park the posters logo. and trailers, and I'm still waiting for the title of the movie. That's smart. You should do that, honestly. Just uh, just stick with that logo, because the logo is great. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. We'll see you at the sound. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. 